welcome back to another installment of the Millennial Wake Up Call. This is episode number eight. My name is Andrew, and I'm posting this a little bit later. It's uh, nighttime right now in Southern California. Right now it's 8 p.m. Sunday night, and I'm sorry for that, but here we go. Um, Today we're going to be talking about immigration, but not the same as we've been talking about in the past. We're going to be talking about the cost of immigration. This is something that's been in the news, right? This is something that a lot of people that are anti-immigration, this is something they always bring up, all the money the immigrants cost us, whether they're legal or illegal. But most people that are anti, most people right now in the news are anti-illegal immigrant. Some people, some extremists are going to be like, no, no immigrants at all. We don't want anyone coming in. And that's that's how they feel personally. There's some people out there. We just have to be realistic about the situation. But right now, I'm just going to be focusing on the people that think we should have no illegal immigration, which is the, I think, is the way to do it too. I think we should be strict. Some of the um, arguments that people have is that, you know, they're humans too. Um, no, I've seen signs, no human is illegal. I've seen all these kind of signs. And I'm thinking to myself, what is this? Why do you want open borders for? How is that good for anybody? That, I don't think that's good for our country. It's not good for our country. It's been ruled in a Supreme Court case that our country entrance um, into our country is a, is a privilege, not a right. No one has a right to come into our country, right? No one has a right to it. Uh, people are making uh, a fuss. People are complaining how they're breaking up families by sending back illegal immigrants. I have two points on that. The first point is if you're illegal, you have to realize that you're at risk of being deported. If you're a legal citizen, you're at risk of being deported. And if you either ignore that fact and you deliberately come over and uh, obviously come and break the law to enter the country, you have, like I said, you have to be pragmatic about the situation and know you're at risk of getting deported. The second point I wanted to make of that is using that logic, you're breaking up somebody, you're breaking up somebody's family, so let them get away with it, then that's the same thing with prison, right? Men commit crimes. Women commit crimes. By sending them to prison, you're breaking up their family. So what? Don't send people to prison? Don't punish people for the crimes they commit? Is that what people are saying? Is that what the liberals, media, is that what all the liberals are saying? Well, if you commit a crime, we're going to, oh, but it's okay, right? It's okay if you send American citizens to separate their family. See, that's what I'm saying. It's not, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with it. What I'm saying is if you use that logic and you say illegal immigrants, you can't send them away to the original country they came from because you're breaking up their family. Because usually some of them have some anchor babies here. Anchor, anchor babies are children they have in the United States so they could get benefits so they, they can have a better chance of becoming a citizen, so they could stay here. Those are anchor babies. Now, some of them have anchor babies, and they're saying, wow, you know, they obviously we, we're not going to send the anchor babies away because anyone under the 14th Amendment, anyone that's born on American soil, U.S. soil, is a U.S. citizen. And that's something these uh, illegal immigrants are taking advantage of, right? They come over here. They cross the border. They're called tourist immigrants. And that's what uh, quotations, tourist immigrants, they come over here to have their child because then he'll be an American citizen. 
and they know they'll be able to uh, they'll be qualified for some benefits. Yeah, so well, that's just some of the stuff I'm going to get into today. That's just a, a couple of the stuff I want to get into. Immigrants, how much they cost us actually, and I'm going to be looking at exactly how much they cost us, how much they actually contribute. Some misleading facts given to us by the liberal media, and uh, how um, some, the crime rates of um, illegal immigrants, how much, uh, how many of them commit crimes. We're going to be looking how much of them collect welfare, how much they money they put into welfare. Because one lie, one lie they put out, liberal media puts out, is how illegal immigrants they pay so much. They pay so many taxes, right? That's what they say. Oh, they pay taxes, right? They contribute to society. Okay. No one's doubting that fact. No one's saying they don't pay taxes. Little kids pay taxes when they go buy candy bars from the stores. No one's doubting they don't pay taxes. But the problem is they're not contributing as much. They're not contributing to as much as they're taking in. And that's something I'm going to get into. Uh, But first... Um, I wrote down some notes for the weekly uh, weekly bulletin, and the weekly bulletin. If you missed last week, the weekly bulletin is merely uh, some key points of what happened last week. Um, so here it goes. Singer Joy Via wore a "Make America Great Again" dress to the Grammys, and I'm sure this was on the headlines. I'm sure you guys uh, saw this. Last week, there were 680 people arrested. The Homeland, Secu- the Homeland Security Department said they were targeting illegal immigrants, of course. Michael Flynn, the former National Security Advisor, I wrote this one before he uh, resigned, before Donald Trump asked him to resign. And it says it's under the spotlight because there are reports indicating that he discussed and talked about sanctions with the Russian ambassador before the inauguration of Donald Trump. And this was a big deal because it is illegal for private citizens to engage in U.S. diplomacy. And this is incident happened last year before he worked for the Trump administration. As we all know now, he resigned. He is now the former national security advisor. And I believe at this current moment, I believe four people, it was either three, I'm pretty sure it was four people, had interviews for that position. Three of them were uh, military, former military, current military and um, one of them was, uh, he was on Fox News. He's a correspondent. I'm forgetting his name. I think it's John Bolton. I believe that's his name. I forget. Don't quote me on that. But those are the four people being interviewed today. Uh, there might be more, the report said, but those are the four that are interviewing today. A picture of an army officer carrying the nuclear football is getting some attention. Richard D. Richard D. Agazio. Richard D'Agazio. I think that's how you say it. Don't quote me again. I'm sorry. Who is a retired investor, posted some photos with the officer carrying the leather briefcase. And for those of you that don't know what the nuclear football is, the nuclear football is something an army officer, a military officer, follows around the president when he goes on trips. It contains military codes, and it allows president to um, initiate nuclear attacks uh, when he's out and about. You know, traveling the country on a meeting, whatever. So in case there's ever an attack on us, he's able to uh, attack, you know, send send nukes back. Uh, Trump and his staff were reportedly discussing some sensitive topics regarding North Korea and their missile launch in public. 
yeah, they were at Mar-a-Lago, which is a uh, which is a golf course in uh, Florida. And he Trump got word, and uh, there was witnesses saying that he was assessing it openly, discussing wh- uh, what happened, what to do, things like that. And um, a lot of the things you hear from the main from the uh, liberal media, mainstream media, AK, you know, they're interchangeable terms: mainstream media, liberal media. A lot of the things you hear about Trump administration are going to be blown out of proportion. They're going to be overstated. They're going to be run countless times that aren't things that aren't very important. They're going to be run countless times. And this is something that I looked into. And it is true. There's multiple witnesses. And this is something that I don't agree with at all. You know, he, he should know better than that. He should know better than to discuss. Um things um, concerning national security in public. A federal judge denied a um, tribe's motion to stop work on the North Dakota oil pipeline. Oroville Dam in Northern California suffered damage to its spillway. 75% of the legals arrested last week had criminal records. Um, And that's something I'm going to go over today. I'm going to go over the criminal records of the legal immigrants and how a good deal of them are criminals. Well, obviously, if they're illegal, they're already a criminal, you know what I mean? I'm talking about a criminal, uh, not considering the fact that they crossed over here illegally. The White House has said that it will not insist on a two-state solution in the Middle East. A two-state solution would mean creating a separate Palestinian state, separate from Israel. Reports indicate that Trump knew for weeks that Flynn was being dishonest about his Russian calls. Uh... Next week, that's something I'm gonna go over because that's something that's kind of confusing. I'm kind of I'm I'm a little confused about it myself about the whole Flynn situation. So that's something I'm gonna look into, and uh, I'll give a little uh, segment about it next week. VP uh, Pence found out about being misled through the Washington Post for the Wapo, you know, one of the most liberal papers in the land. By a vote of 23 to 15, the Republicans voted to not request Trump's tax returns from the Treasury. <laughs> the Office of Government Ethics thinks Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway was uh, is a counselor to the president. Should be disciplined for endorsing Ivanka Trump's brand on national TV. Controversy surrounding Michael Flynn continues, and demands for call transcripts increase. So this is something I write during the week. So every every day I'll look on the various websites I routinely check, and. I'll uh, write just a few key points, bullet point, for the weekly bulletin, and I'll just write them down every day. I'll do it just to see, you know, main things that are happening regarding politics in the country, domestic foreign policy, things like that. The Economist, the, the you know, The Economist, you guys heard of The Economist, right? The magazine. The Economist poll states that 40, 43% of Americans believe Trump travel executive order will make us safer. believe it will make us less safe. President Trump has offered Vice Admiral Robert Harward the National Security Advisor job. He's a former Navy SEAL and Deputy Commander of U.S. Central Command. Uh, He already denied, he already uh, declined the offer. I think he declined it two days ago. He was a former Navy SEAL. He said, I believe he said he wanted to, he'd been in the military for a long time, obviously, and he wants to enjoy the time with his family. Which is uh, maybe a nicer way of saying, you know, I'm not going to work for you. Or maybe it's, he really does feel like that. Either way, um, he's entitled to his uh, personal choice. 
NBC reporter NBC reports that they have found no evidence, no evidence of collusion between Trump campaign and Russia. There you go. There are reports that the Pentagon is considering sending U.S. ground forces in northern Syria for the first time. Wow, that I was kind of a little surprised when I saw that. And this is the last one. Trump should release a new executive order regarding immigrants and traveling next week. So he decided, Trump decided, and his administration decided not to uh, take the uh, appeals, of the, not to take it, not to take it to the Supreme Court. They're just going to issue a new one, and they're going to, uh, I think, they're going to, they said they're going to tailor it to the to the ruling. So they're going to make sure that they can't, uh, <laughs> you know, they can't, uh, they can't challenge it again. So that's it for the weekly bulletin. Um, I'll, this is something I'm going to start doing every week. So um, we'll see what happens this week. I'm looking forward to the executive order. I want to see what it has in for us. Uh, we'll obviously we'll see. Okay, so let's get down to what we're here to talk about today. Illegal immigrants and the burden that they give us, right? Um, this is coming from Federation for American Immigration Reform.org. And the article is called The Fiscal Burden of Illegal Immigration on United States Taxpayers. Okay, so the first sentence. This report estimates the annual cost of illegal immigration at the federal, state, and local level to be about $113 billion, with the B, billion dollars. Nearly $29 billion at the federal level and $84 billion at the state and local level. So the state and local levels are taking the majority of the hits for these illegal immigration, for, for these illegal aliens. The study also estimates tax collections from illegal alien workers, both those in the above-ground economy and those in the underground economy. Okay, so here are the key points they list. Illegal immigration costs U.S. taxpayers about $113 billion a year at the federal and state and local level. And like I said, the bulk of the costs, $84 billion, are absorbed by state and local governments. The annual outlay that illegal aliens cost U.S. taxpayer is an average amount per native-headed household of $1,117. Education for the children of illegal immigrants constitutes the single largest cost to taxpayers and an annual price tag of nearly $52 billion. Nearly all these costs are absorbed by state and local governments. And that's something I always bring up. Whenever we bring up legal immigration, whether I'm, whether I'm debating or discussing it with my family or friends, co-workers, uh, fellow peers at my school, that's something I always bring up. Most, and I, and I looked this up before, but this gave me the opportunity to get even more in depth, even more in detail. And I looked this up before, and I was like, Jesus, you know, I'm over here paying full price for school. I have to pay for all the books, all the classes, the parking passes, everything. Gas, obviously. To, I don't live that. I don't live very close to my school. I live about fifteen miles, so I live about you know fifteen, good fifteen, fifty minute drive on the freeway. Um, so I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a car that's not that's decent on gas, so I don't have to pay. You know, it's not that much of a of a, um, a cost for me, but. What I'm saying is I have to pay everything for school. Everything, right? Each semester is costing me about, I know it's nothing compared to the universities, 
and right now I'm just going to community college, but I plan on transferring to university. And I know it's nothing, but right now it's some it's it's a lot for someone that's only working part time, right? Right now I'm paying about five hundred dollars a semester, almost six hundred. That's for the spring and fall, and then for the winter and um winter and winter, I'm sorry, summer and winter, I'm paying about hundred and fifty. So. I'm paying everything full price. And these illegal immigrants, they're not even U.S. citizens. Well, they're, I guess they're children of illegal aliens, right? They came over here illegally. They had an anchor baby. And now those anchor babies are getting a free ride to school. Or they're giving a significant scholarship, significant grants, or they're just getting covered, right? And that, that just gets me a little upset how I'm over here paying, you know, have to budget all the time. And I have to pay for everything. Yeah. They're getting everything for free. Okay, let us continue. Sorry for that rant. <laughs> At the federal level, about one-third of outlays are matched by tax collections from illegal aliens. Most illegal aliens do not pay income taxes. Among those who do, much of the revenues collected are refunded to the illegal aliens when they file tax returns. Many are also claiming tax credit resulting in payments from the U.S. Treasury. Okay, so let's get down and dirty. Okay, so we went over that. Now, this is something I found interesting. Now, which immigrants from which parts of the world do you think devour the most welfare? If you guess Mexico, then you're correct. Average household of welfare from from people from Central America and Mexico is $8,000. From South America, $6,000. From the Caribbean, $5,000. Almost $6,000. From Africa, $5,500. East Asia, $5,200. Europe, $3,500. South Asia, $2,500. Now, the natives, American citizens, use up on average how, where welfare is uh, for, uh, $4,400. So, you know... People from Central America and Mexico almost doubling that. That, that. I thought that was pretty interesting. They also have a lot more kids than us compared to natives. Immigrants have a lot, a lot more kids than us compared, you know, to us. I think they use a lot more benefits, of course. Okay, so this is something I wanted to get into. This is one of the liberal lies. I can't really call it a lie. A misleading fact. Let's say that. It's a misleading fact that aims to mislead, obviously, but it aims to instill some sort of compassion. It's like some sort of, well, you know what? They're paying their taxes. Like, it's okay. But in reality, they're still taking advantage of our system, right? That's the whole point of them coming over here illegally. They're taking advantage of our system. Now let's hear it. Let's do it. Like it says, the, this is first of all. This is from the Economist, and it says, and, it, and it's titled "Sorry." The article is called "Sorry, but illegal aliens cost the U.S. plenty." And the, I forgot. This is another argument that liberals use when they're like, when when conservative conservatives say. You know what, how much illegal immigrants cost us and, you know, how much taxpayer money, you know, how many um, innocent victims we're putting in harm's way because a lot of them commit crimes. Oh, no, they don't cost us that much, they say. You know, they pay taxes. Of course they pay taxes, like I said. Even little kids, 
buying candy bars from liquor shops, liquor stores are buying um, are you are, are, are um, um, contributing to taxes, right? Anyways, it says right here. A center-left think tank has hailed new findings showing that illegal immigrants contribute $11.6 billion in state and local taxes nationwide. But that report really shows how little they pay compared to the rest of us. If there's any doubt America is importing poverty, take a look at a new study this week from the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy. Right? So this is right here. With an estimated 11 million illegal immigrants in the United States, that's 11.6 that 11.6 billion comes to about 1000 comes to about $1000 per person. $1000 $50, right? 1050 uh, per person. And they they list the um the paper the Latin Post, it says it's a lot of taxes and quotes, right? And it says in fact it's less than the average pay, it's less than the average paid by citizens in even the lowest tax states, such as Tennessee where the average per capita state and local tax burden is 2800 not to mention high tax areas like Washington DC where the figure is 7500 media reports point out that the illegals pay about 8 8% of their incomes in state and local taxes compared with 5.4% for the 1% so they're comparing the liberals are comparing the league of the legals to the 1%ers and they're saying well, legals pay 8% of their um, income in state and local taxes, while the 1%ers, the fat cats at the top, only pay 5.4. Well, that's kind of misleading because the average taxpayer, people like me and you, the 99% pay about 9.48%. So they're paying less than us. They're illegal and they're paying less taxes than us. We're paying more taxes than them. Well, illegals also have far less education than average Americans and also lower incomes, of course, right? Illegal immigrants, in fact, absorb far more benefits than they contribute. The Heritage Foundation in 2013 found that illegal immigrants contribute an average of 10000 in total taxes, but, but use almost 24000 in welfare and services, creating a net 14000 per capita gain per illegal worker. So that's what I was talking about since the beginning. Of course they pay taxes. No one's arguing that fact. That's not anything no one's – and no one's going to argue that with you. No one's going to come up to you and say, you know what, illegals don't pay taxes. No, they don't pay taxes. No, they're completely below the radar. No, they're not. Okay, they're paying taxes. According to this, they're paying about ten thousand a year in taxes, but they're using twenty four thousand in welfare and services. Twenty four thousand. They're not even close to contributing what they're using. People always say, "Well, you know, I feel bad for the legal immigrants. They're contributing to a system they're never going to get Social Security like that, right? They're never going to receive any benefits. They're receiving twenty four thousand a year in benefits because of the anchor babies." Now we're getting to the welfare right here. Illegal immigrants get $1,261 more welfare than American families. $5,692 versus $4,431. They're getting $1,261 more than us. Can you believe that? Illegal. This is from the examiner. Washington examiner. 
Illegal immigrants' households receive an average of $5,692 in federal welfare benefits every year, far more than the average Native American household, which I already read. The Center of Immigration Studies, or CIS, uh, found that all immigrant-headed households, legal and illegal, receive an average of 6241 in welfare, 41% more than Native households. As with Americans receiving benefits such as food stamps and cash. The total cost is over $103 billion in welfare benefits to households headed by immigrants. A majority, 51% of immigrant-headed households receive some type of welfare compared to 30% of native, native households. So a majority of them are receiving benefits, while only 30% of us, Native Americans, are receiving benefits. Uh, like I said, immigrants receiving the most came from Mexico and Central America, 80% more, 86% more than Native households. The new, there's a new report that said President Obama was seeking 17000 for every new illegal minor, and that's more than Social Security retirees get. Wow. So that's just something... And they, and they try to explain it. They go, the, great cons- the greater consumption of welfare dollars by immigrants can be explained in large part by their lower level of education and larger number of children compared to natives. Over 24% of immigrant households are headed by a high school dropout compared to just 8% of native households. In addition, 13% of immigrant households have three or more children versus just 6% of native households. They're undereducated compared to us have way more children compared to us, have, um, they use way more benefits, pay less taxes. I don't get when people are going to start getting angry about this. People are getting angry, the liberals are getting angry because we won't let these people in. Bottom feeders. We're not letting them in. And that's, that's why they're getting angry? Yeah, we're over there paying for all of them. All these liberals need to get a job Stop protesting when we're trying to make our country safer. I, you know what? They're right. You know, they have a right to protest. Of course they do. I'm not saying they shouldn't protest. But I'm saying you have to look at it from just stop looking at it from a point of view. We're not trying to be racist, right? We're not trying to say we're not. We're just trying to protect our country, right? We're trying to make the most of our taxpayer dollars. We're, not, we're trying to trying to get out of this huge debt we're in, right? Which is obviously something that could be labeled a futile task, but... Okay, now we're going to get to the anchor babies. Roughly, this is from Forbes. Forbes Forbes.com, and the article is titled, The Citizenship and Immigration Problems of Anchor Babies and Surrogacy. Roughly one out of every 12 newborns in the United States can be classified as a so-called anchor baby. Research shows that some 295,000 children were born to undocumented. I hate that word undocumented. It's just some more liberal PC culture trying to take over. Trying to limit my vocabulary. Trying to infringe on my First Amendment right to say what I want. They're illegal immigrants. Illegal immigrants, illegal aliens. Immigrant implies they came over here legally. They're illegal aliens, okay? Stop with this PC garbage. PC rubbish, right? They're 
un- now it's got me saying it. They're illegal aliens. 295,000 children were born to illegal aliens in 2013. While the number of pregnant birth tourists, that's what it's called right there. Now I was trying to quote it before. It's birth tourists who come here legally to take advantage of the fact that all persons born in the United States are citizens of the United States. So all these birth tourists, 36,000 people a year. 36,000 babies a year are born to these birth tourists. That right of citizenship is guaranteed by the 14th Amendment. And that's something people are talking about now, trying to change to make sure that in order f- if in order for a baby to be automatically labeled an American citizen, both parents, I think it was at least one parent. It was either both parents or one parent. I'm guessing one parent has to be American citizen, have to be an American citizen at least. And I agree with that completely. And it goes on to say, in particular, who is paying the initial and future medical costs, the -the down-the-road educational costs, and any social benefits these children may be entitled to? To put the matter into a sharper perspective, consider the recent story of a Honduran woman who is believed to be the first foreign woman to have a Zika baby born in the New York area. Who exactly is to pay the estimated costs of treatment of this child that that could amount to over a million dollars? Jesus, this birth tourism is a flourishing business. Preg- pregnant women fly here. I found this interesting, so make sure to pay attention, okay? Pregnant women fly here, stay at special hotels, and pay sometimes extraordinarily high costs of concierge services designed to facilitate the birth of their children. The benefit to the family is that the child is thereby eligible to claim U.S. social welfare, That's why they do it, ding, ding, ding. Be educated at a much lower cost and obtain certain medical benefits for life here, and that includes their family once their child's an American citizen. Various courts' challenges have tried to block this practice. For example, in 2015, the state of Texas stopped giving birth certificates to parents who could not produce U.S.-issued documents for themselves. That's exactly what we should be doing. That's a Texas... That's exactly what we should be doing. What was more, Texas refused to recognize the Mexican consulate issued Matricula Cancillar as an identity paper as it had previously. Okay, so that's what these birth tourists are doing. Coming here and having anchor babies. Yeah, so alright, let's jump to the next uh, topic. I think there's a few more. Now, I feel like I think this episode's running a little bit long, so we're gonna try to hurry this up. Um, this is from the National Review, and the title the title of the article was called the Vi- the very real economic costs of birthright citizenship. According to Center for Immigration Studies, CIS, uh, between thirty between three hundred and fifty thousand. And 400,000 children are born annually to an illegal alien mother residing in the United States, as many as 1 in 10 births nationwide. And these illegal aliens have babies like rabbits, man. They have a lot of kids. Like I mentioned previously, they have a lot of kids compared to us. It costs us a lot of money, welfare benefits. As of 2010, 4 out of 5 children of illegal aliens residing in the United States were born here. Some 4 million kids. A research center 
notes that illegal immigrants make up about 4% of the adult population. Because they have high birth rates, their children make up a larger share of both the newborn population, 8%, and the child population, 7%. It's ridiculous, man. Um, it says right here, a child, it says the cost of this is not negligible. Inflation-adjusted figures from the United States Department of Agriculture projected that a child born in 2013 would cost his parents $304,000 from birth to his 18th birthday. Given that illegal alien households are normally low-income households, three out of five illegal aliens and their U.S.-born children live at, live at or near the poverty line. One would expect that a significant portion of that cost will fall on the government. No, does not fall on the government. You know who it falls on? Taxpayers. Me. You. Everyone around us. That's who it falls on. And that's exactly what hap- and, and that's exactly what hap- what's happening. According to the um, CIS, 71% of illegal alien-headed households with children receive some sort of welfare, compared with 39% of native-headed households with children. Illegal immigrants generally access welfare programs through their U.S.-born children, to whom government assistance is guaranteed. Another reason for anchor babies, and another reason why we need to change that 14th Amendment. Additionally, U.S.-born children of illegal aliens are entitled to American public schools, health care, and more, and even through illegal alien households. Rarely pay taxes. And it mentions anchor babies. This is the short-term cost of anchor babies revealed a decade ago in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons. Anchor babies born to illegal aliens instantly qualify as citizens for welfare benefits and have caused enormous rises in Medicaid costs. Wow. This is in 2003 in Stockton, California. 70% of the 2000, 70% of the 2000 babies born in San Joaquin General Hospital were anchor babies. 45% of Stockton's children under age 6 are Latino. In 1994, 74,000 anchor babies in California hospital cost $215 million and constituted 37, 36% of all Medi-Cal births. Now they account for substantially more than half. It says there are long-term costs too. U.S.-born children of illegal aliens can sponsor the immigration of family members once they become of age. At 18, an anchor baby can sponsor an overseas spouse and unmarried children of his own. At 21, he can sponsor parent and siblings. There may be a long waiting period before that legal benefit is of use, but it's a fact that illegal aliens with American-born children are, most are much less likely to be deported. Another reason why they have these anchor babies. This 14th Amendment is giving these illegal immigrants, legal aliens, it's basically saying, hey, come here, you know. It's basically talking out of two sides of their mouth, right? That's what our country's doing. One side of our mouth is saying, wow, don't come over here. Don't come over here. The other side of our mouth is saying, you know, come over here. We'll give you some good benefits. Jesus, you know, that's, that's what is happening, man. But it's the fact that illegal aliens with American-born children are most li much less likely to be deported, and that policy has been effectively enshrined with in law with President Obama's Deferred Action for Parents of American Unlawful Permanent Residents, DAPA. 
That's something Trump, that's something I really wanted Trump to get rid of, and he hasn't yet. I don't think he is going to. So that's something with the Acre Babies now. Isn't that something, guys? And this is uh, from ju- uh, judicialwatch.org. And the, t- and the article is called Most Illegal Immigrant Families Collect Welfare. <laughs> and it starts by saying, surprise, surprise. Census Bureau data reveals that most U.S. families headed by illegal immigrants use taxpayer-funded welfare programs on behalf of their American-born anchor babies. Even before the recession, immigrant households with children used welfare programs at consistently higher rates than natives, according to the extensive census data collected and analyzed by nonpartisan Washington, D.C. group dedicated to researching legal and illegal immigration in the United States. The results published this month in a lengthy report are hardly surprising. Basically, the majority of households across the country benefiting from publicly funded welfare programs are headed by immigrants, both the legal and legal. States where immigrant households with children have the highest welfare use rates are are Arizona, of course, with 62%, 62, Texas, California, and New York, each with 61, and Pennsylvania with 59%. The study children... The study focused on eight major welfare programs that cost the government $517 billion, more than half a trillion dollars a year they were examined. They include Social Security, uh, no, no, Supplemental Security Income for the Disabled, Temporary Assistance to Needy Families, uh, Women, Infants, and Children, WIC, uh, Food Stamps, Free School Lunch, Free Reduced School Lunch, Public Housing, Medicaid, all this crap. On the other hand, legal immigrant households have taken advantage of every available welfare program, according to the study, which attributes it to low education level and resulting low income. The highest rate of welfare recipients come from the Dominican Republic, Mexico, and Ecuador. So they're just coming over here and just milking the system, man. They're coming over here and just using all our money. They have very low education, very low income, have a lot of children. Don't speak English, right? That's what they're doing. And this is the this is the last part. We're gonna get to how many of them are criminals. It says while some illegal. This is from the National Review as well. The article. I'm sorry. The article is called "How Trump's Plan to Deport Criminal Illegal Aliens Would Work." That's already kind of an effect, right? I believe he wants ICE to hire a lot more people. He wants to crack down. So let's read this right here. This right here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Trump, this is this is a Trump quote. What are we going to do? What we are going to do is get the people that are criminal and have criminal records. Gang members, drug dealers, where a lot of these people, probably 2 million, it could even be 3 million, we're getting them out of our country or we're we going to incarcerate. Okay. Now this statement is significant, softening in tone and scale from some of Trump's campaign statements in which he suggests that the entire population of nearly 12 million illegal aliens could be subject to deportation. It says, according to the ICE, which stands for the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the agency that is responsible for carrying out deportations in the interior, there are approximately 1.9 million deportable criminal aliens in the country. It is able to estimate this because, since 2012, ICE has been receiving the fingerprints of everyone who was arrested or booked into a jail. And because ICE has officers screening inmates in most major correctional systems, except in some sanctuary cities. Okay. So, there's a lot of criminals. This is something that we 
have to take care of. This is why I'm excited to see where, what his executive order is when he releases it next week. He says he's going to release it next week. We'll see, right? We'll see if he releases it next week. And, of course, I'm going to cover it. Like I said, I'm going to talk about the executive order when it comes out. I'm going to talk about Flynn. And I'm going to talk about a little bit about how the United States plans on sending ground troops to Syria. I'm going to get some more information on that, get more detailed. Those are a couple of things I'm going to talk about. All right. Well, that's the marks the end of our um, number eight episode. Yeah, number eight episode. Thank you for listening. This is a millennial wake up call. My name is Andrew. Make sure if you like the episode, you know, share it with your friends, family. Um, I'm just trying to spread some information. I'm trying to wake up my fellow millennials, my liberal millennials that see the world in the liberal glasses they wear, right? I'm trying to get them out of these hipster ways, all this Bernie socialist communism stuff that these young people, I'm young, but these other millennials think is a good idea. I'm trying to just break them out. So if you like this episode, if you like what I say, you like the information I give, you like listening to the episode, um, the podcast, you know, like the topics I cover, make sure to share it, get more people involved. And uh, thank you for listening. I'll see you guys next Sunday with my weekly bulletin and have a good uh, rest of your week, guys.